And welcome back to Fully Equipped. Joe Wall and RB, just the two of us this week. But one of us is in a much better locale. RB's at LACC, reporting live. Buddy, I'm jealous. I've seen your pictures. You've done a great job chronicling a U.S. Open from a gear perspective from the course. What do you think of beautiful LACC? Honestly, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, I think... You know, I'm a I'm a golf consumer, like media junkie. So I've watched all the drone footage I possibly could. I've looked at pictures. I've looked at all, listened to everything I possibly could, and even seeing it now, it's it's pretty remarkable. And the big thing is, and it's this is not like the well, you you don't realize how hilly it is until you get to Augusta kind of take, but the expectation, even when you see like drone footage and all of those things, is it's always like one hole at a time, and. When you see that, you just assume, like a lot of courses that you might find in, a, in an older city, to be smaller. But then you get on property and you realize that, that first of all, this when you built a golf course in the middle of a city 100 years ago, <laughs> you kind of have an advantage there, right? And the club owns the land or whatever. But to actually be out on property, it is expansive. And there's, there's space between holes. There's a lot of hospitality, so it's a little unique from a fan perspective. But overall, I think it's a, it's an unbelievable layout, and I think it's going to be very entertaining. And not entertaining in the same sense as like, oh, this, this is a tough shot because he's like hitting out of the rough or he found a bad lie. Like players are going to find bad lies. But the layout and the shots that they have to hit into some of these greens is going to be very fun to watch. How's the traffic been this week? You know what? I'm not going to lie. It's been okay. <laughs> of course, I'm going to jinx myself now because we're, we're sitting on Wednesday afternoon. But it's been okay. Now, I also, thanks to being an East Coaster, uh, I've been up very, very early. So, so you're, be been you're beating a lot of the morning traffic. Beating there. a ton of traffic. Yeah, Lucky for us, the media band. shuttle starts at 4.30, and I've already been up for probably close to 35 minutes by that point. So I get down nice and early, wiggle my way into the media center, grab a coffee, and uh, get started. Yeah. All right. Before we get into the gear news, I want to know who's your pick this week? Ooh. Um, so you can check it out. I did write for the. Uh, I helped contribute to the golf.com piece. I picked. Uh, I picked Brooks Kepka. Now you know I haven't seen him on a golf course to go too much. Brooks right now. He's, I know. He's, how, he's had a little bit of success at U.S. Opens in the past. He's done okay, and I think it's okay for me. Like seeing that and just like knowing that he's in good form, knowing that he's he like a lot of other players is not unlike a lot of other players, sorry, he's not playing in all these events leading up. And, you know, that's the one thing, that was the one question about Liv for the longest time is what kind of um, what kind of stamina, what kind of game are these players going to be bringing playing less golf? But obviously, like, you no, know, a few weeks ago he proved it. doesn't really matter. Yeah. Has there been a lot of Liv chatter after the, you know, they, I got to go back to this because we did call it a merger on the last pod. It's not really a merger. It, it's it's the it's the PIF acquiring, uh, basically almost like acquiring the PGA Tour. I mean, they they just basically dumped a whole bunch of money in, and and that's really what it is. It's not it's not a merger between Live and the PGA Tour. But has there been a lot of chatter about it that you've heard on the range? It's game time here, to be honest. Like, I think within the media, there's like a little bit of chatter, like especially to you know. Hopefully Jay Monahan is feeling better. It's like just on yeah, a, what the on, hell's going on there? On a on a serious note, because wow, that that was obviously like a late night news 
published. Like everyone, like that was a press release on the PGA Tour very, very late in the evening. There's a lot but, of tinfoil hat theories going yeah, on. And a lot of them are really dark, very, very dark. But yeah, uh, it's kind of it's kind of tough to not go there. I, I hate to say it, kind of yeah, not go there given things that have happened in the past. So, uh, but with with that, I know like a lot of people are just like you know hoping he's well hoping to get like some more like follow-up as the week goes on but not, not to overshadow the the u.s open but other than that where you know a lot of us were kind of sitting around just as the news hit here on the west coast but there really hasn't been a lot of talk about it and i think i think there's just other than what you've seen on on the press conferences and i think more cow handled it really well he's like you know i'm not gonna talk about this but you know what i'm gonna tell you about i'm gonna tell you about my, my foundation. I'm going to tell you about these different things that we can do. And I think to me, that's, you know, a, a good way to do it because at this point we, we really have heard it all. And I, th- I just think players are in game mode. I really do. Media. We're always curious, like we're digging and it's our job to dig and ask questions. But I think at this point, a lot of the players have just accepted and, and they don't really know a lot of information either. Like they haven't been given a lot of information on what this actually looks like. So I think they're just kind of letting it go and really focusing on the event this week. When's the USGA interview? It's it's typically on Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah, I believe it is today. I have not looked at the the schedule yet. Uh, the media center is separate from the interview center, like the big press center. So uh, I'm curious. Mike Wan, I believe, will be speaking. So, are you going to ask him a golf ball question, Harvey? Ew. There's a lot of people. You know what the funny thing is? Jeff Shackelford's here, so I don't think I need to. <laughs> Um, I am, anyone, I am almost certain that, that Mr. Shackelford is going to be asking a few golf and, ball questions. And I think, I think I'll let him handle that only because as someone who was, you're in the media, someone, man, you should, you someone should who helped res- get your own question in. So some, as someone who like helped restore this golf course to the way it is here at LACC, uh, he, I think he would ask a very targeted question, but I'd, I'd like to be there and watch it and, and kind of see the answer. Uh, but as far as the overall, uh, like equipment chatter, there really hasn't been a lot. Uh, lived a lot of a lot of players. I think because they have not experienced this golf course before, they are out here really digging in. And I think it's it's fun to see and go out and watch them play. Uh, you, the DSJ gives us pretty good access when it comes to following players. So watching them hit shots around this golf course is a lot of fun. And I think because of the way that the the way it's set up and with the elevation and all these different things, I think they're going to have a lot of camera angles that is going to suit the the viewer at home. What's your your take on the golf course? We've talked about the the scene, but I'm sure you've walked the course. What do you what do you think? And what's your score prediction for the week? That's a good question. We actually had a very we, we anyone I talked to we've had a we kind of throw that. It's a great uh, you know like you have the topics of conversation when you're at a wedding and you don't know what to talk about when you're talking to strangers. The filler the, questions. Yeah. It's a filler question, yeah. right? You're, yeah. You you want to kick it off, and the the what will the winning score be is a is a big one. We looked last year at Brookline. It was minus six for Matt Fitzpatrick. I think this year we're looking at a 10 to 12. I think that's that's probably Ooh. where it's going to end up. Because What makes you think 10 to 12? That's I mean, that's going pretty deep at US Open. Players, USGA brass will not be happy with, with your prediction. Players are going to – somebody's going to light this golf course up one day. Every day there will be one player that, that does go low, and I think that's going to happen. Low that being that relative, rough looks pretty nasty, though, I must say. I know is, it's though, always a topic of conversation. We see people on social dropping golf balls into the rough. Yeah, but it I'm gonna, looks you know, especially juicy this week. 
So I, you know what, if, if by the time you're listening to this, if, if I haven't done it already, I will be, I'm going to go grab a ball from the range and I'm going to go walk out and Hell I'm going yeah. go to go find that. some different spots because yeah. it's patchy. The one thing that no one, or like I haven't seen too many people talk about is it is quite patchy. So there are places behind and I, the 12th green is an example because I watched a couple of groups go through and I was standing there talking to someone who is a listener of the podcast who was actually um, marshalling <laughs> at, at the back of the Did green. Did you get a photo with you? We just, we just talked, we talked here. I see. No, yeah, no ussies. Um, and so I, I said hi to him. We were, we were chatting a little bit. He was he was asking some gear questions. It was fun. It was great to chat with him. And the one thing that he said is like, if you walk around the back of this green, like you will see four inches of rough, and then you'll see like less than an inch. And it's it's like like little six foot square patches of like less grass or like not less grass but less rough. And you I think, think that's probably not by design, right? They're no, just, no. It, and he, he, yeah. So he's a, he's a local guy, and he was explaining basically. They, they had so much rain in January and February, which I think a lot of people are aware of on the West Coast. There was just a, 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 literally a torrent of rain for like almost weeks at a time. And Gene, was, Gene made sure that we knew all about that. He, yeah, he? that's right. If we listened back, we were, we were well aware of the weather situation. And because of that, I think what, what ended up happening was the, you, you had a lot of water, but then they didn't really feel the need to water, but then it also got dry. It's been dry again. So... Because of that, there's been inconsistencies in the way that the, gr- the grass has, has grown. And then talking to, um, again, the, the person I talked to yesterday, he was saying that the, the USGA was looking for about four inches and it hadn't really gotten there, so they hadn't cut it. So you have these these like little patchy spots that are around that four-inch mark uncut, and then you still have these smaller patches that have not been cut at all, but they're still like maybe an inch. Like It's just like off of a bad fairway lie. So there, there is variability, and I think that's, that's going to be exciting. But as far as the overall course is concerned, it's it's so beautiful. It's gorgeous. I'm jealous. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of those things where you do realize like this is a this is a damn good golf course. And I think the, I think the, I do believe that the players are actually quite enjoying it as well. Yeah, I gotta say the USJ has done a really nice job of picking some classic, historic, however you want to call it, golf courses. And it does, I think it does for the pros, it makes it more exciting. The majors are always exciting. Guys get up for them. I mean, it, there, there are four of them every year on, on the calendar that, you know, nothing changes. There are no surprises, but I do think that they enjoy playing courses that have not been in the rotation before, or it's been a while since we've seen, seen them. So, yeah, I would agree with you. I think guys are going to enjoy the challenge this week. All right. Let's get into the gear, man. There's a lot All right, going let's on. Let's do week. it. I, well, you, so I watched a video that that we posted on golf.com of you going through, and you like you. I gotta say, man, you downplayed it. You're like, oh, there's not a lot going on, not a lot of changes during a major week, and that is true. There, there are typically not a lot of changes during a major week, and you, you were there. You've been talking to the guys. I've been texting with some of the reps just to get a little bit of a feel for what's going on this week and. But there are some really cool stories out there. There is, and, yeah. There, yeah. there is a lot, yeah. Let's start and, with Scotty Scheffler's putter. I mean, <laughs> world number one is is tinkering with putters the week of a major championship. I mean, that's a big story. This is going to be a game-time decision for him. And I've seen him on the range every day, down by the putting green, going back and forth, going back and forth, working with the Titleist reps, with like Scotty Cameron reps specifically from Titleist. 
And then also, I mean, Paul uh, Zenko's just, out here, and, and that's that's Scotty's that's Scotty's right hand man. I saw, I saw Paul. So you know, then that's not that's not uncommon. He's usually here during a major week, but you know, when he's on site working with some of these guys, I mean, they're they're deep in the weeds. Yeah, he means business. To go. And so they were messing with weights. They're looking back and forth at different options because of uh, because it is a different, similar look, different style putter. So. To be for those who are listening, it, he's you know if you've paid attention to Scotty's clubs, he's used a Scotty Cameron Timeless Newport Two, and he's gone to a Newport Two Plus from the Special Select line, but obviously like a tour kind of version of it. Uh, but it's the same shape, right? And so it's just got a, a wire flange, slightly longer parallel lines relative to the, the club or perpendicular lines to the club face, parallel sight lines, and just for alignment. And it's it's. It's one of those things where I need to go around and I need to watch a lot of players. I need to see what's going on. I need to ch- like go kind of check out and talk to reps and things like that. But there's there is an experience to be had if you're just going to sit there for 45 minutes and watch one player go through like one club in their bag over and over and over again because that's what he did. And he was talking about uh, the weights of the putter. They were talking alignment. They were talking all of these different little elements of like what he was looking for from a field perspective. Even even to the point of, I think, talking a little bit about grip and like grip size, like not so much size, but just shape, like looking at a couple different options. And I think at the end of the day, he, he it it's really is 50-50. I think he's had the putter for a couple days now, or a couple weeks now, sorry, at home. But this is the first time that's actually been out. It is a major. It's the U.S. Open. And, you know, it's... For a player like Scotty who does not change equipment very often, and I know you've you've talked about the him used like switching into that the TaylorMade three wood after using that Nike for so long, and then he like immediately switched to the Stealth two after the Stealth one. So obviously, like there are pieces of his bag where he's pretty comfortable, but his putter doesn't seem like it's something where he like is overly comfortable making the switch. And I'm I'm very entertained to see what happens come Thursday. What's in the bag because. I haven't seen him yet today, but he had both of them yesterday in the bag, and I think that's going to be very, very interesting to see. So the one thing that I absolutely loved about watching Scotty is he was on the putting green, and this is just a small thing, but again, we're gear nerds. We we love the we love the minutia. It's the fact that he's changing the weights himself. So yeah. with with Scotty's with Scotty's putter, Scotty's Scotty, it has adjustable heel toe weights. So you can, if you have the correct tool and, and additional weights, which is something that Scotty Scheffler is not going to have any issue getting, he can change out those weights to, to change the, the overall head weight. He can also do it if he wants to, you know, if you want to throw like a heavier weight, say out towards the toe or a heavier weight towards, towards the heel to, you know, to change how that, that putter is going to, to open or close through impact. I mean, you can do a lot of things. I don't think he's going to get to to that level. He might just be changing the overall head weight just to see if he can find a feel that, that works for him. But the, the big change for, and this is what everybody wants to know is why is this plus version? You know, what, what's the benefit here? And for a guy like Scotty Scheffler, you know, we've seen in recent years, players gravitate towards these slightly wider body blades because they don't necessarily want to go to a full-blown mallet. They don't like the overall size. They still want to stay in something that looks like a blade. And that's what Scotty's looking for is he's looking for more stability 
it's the one part of his game that he can't quite figure out right now, which is just crazy because for for a little while the putter was was the hottest club in his bag, but it happens to every pro. Even when you're putting well, eventually your putting is going to elude you. And either you figure it out with your current putter or you go to something that's gonna gonna help get your putter back on track. The the thing that I loved is he was asked about the new putter that he was testing during his press conference. And he said, sometimes you got to bring another putter around to make the original one scared. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which adage, is right? we've talked about the, you know, shout out to Chris uh, who coined the timeout closet. You know, that's, it's such, it's such a great way to describe, you know, all you got to do is, is put, put the gamer in the closet and all of a sudden you just scare it straight and then you bring it back out and, and you win. But yeah, I think it was Memorial from this year. He was, I think it was the the highest strokes gained. Um, the only player that beat him, I believe, yeah. was was VJ at the Deutsche VJ. Bank. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Like, like combined combined strokes gained. Yeah, yeah, and he and he was the only one on that list of five. I think that they showed in the graphic that did not win. Everybody else won, I think, by at least three. It was like three, five, eight shots. Tiger's on there, obviously. <laughs> but, I mean, guys that when you're playing that well and your your combined strokes gain is that high, you're not just winning by a stroke. You're winning by by three to eight. So, well, yeah, the putter, minus, is, the putter is the club that's that's really, like I said, that's eluded him recently. He was minus – I think it was just over minus eight with the, with the putter, and he lost by a shot. If he if he was if he was average to the field, yeah. And you think about that, he would have won by but approximately six or seven shots, yeah. Which is insane. So it is. It is know, insane. If he, if he brings that level of of game to to this week, I think even again just getting that putter to like a a point where he's equal to the field average and his ball striking stays the same, it could be pretty unreal. Um, and again, it's just it's finding that feel on the green. I think that's what he's trying to figure out. The greens are fast. Everything is firm. You're hearing that thump when uh when the ball is is landing in the fairways so i think it's going to be very very interesting to see how this this whole thing plays out now you know speaking crystal of field, ball do you think he's going to change looking into your crystal ball think he changes on thursday i want to see it but I, do, I i i just have this fear that he's not going to i just i think he's i think he's, it, i think his quote during his presser i i agree with you i think he's i think he's going to stay with the gamer i don't yeah. think he's going to use this it doesn't mean that he's not going to use it at, an, at another point in time, but I think uh, I think he's going to revert back to what he's had. I just, again, not sitting there for hours, but watching them for a like period of time. The body language is like, yeah, this is cool, but like you know, it's not it's not mine yet. Like it's not the same thing. So I think that's that's probably where he's he's going to be headed. Yeah, and the only thing that he really changed when he switched putters, um, when he switched putters back in March was he he changed the lie angle yeah so just a small tweak really yeah it's a really small tweak and and some people might have been wondering like why why not just change the lie angle on your gamer and i I asked the scotty camera guys this like why you know (laughs) that gamer was the one he used to win the masters why not just change the lie angle and it's because he like a lot of guys uh, Tony Finau is another guy who he was using exact same grip, okay, but it had his foundation's logo on it, and <laughs> um, they brought out a fresh a fresh putter for him to try. And I asked I asked the I asked the the Garson guys because he uses a Garson grip, like what's what's the deal here? Why why don't you just 
throw it on the gamer and it was Tony doesn't want to mess with the gamer butter. So yeah. he's, he's, will, he's willing to try out this different grip the same way that Scotty Scheffler is willing to change a lie angle, but they don't want to mess with the gamer. And I always find that fascinating. You, you, you don't want to mess with, with success. Even when it's not going well, you still don't want to mess with it. Now, speaking of grips, we have now, to let you is. know that the fully equipped podcast is brought to you by golf pride and there have been a number of players this week that have gotten new grips we spotted keegan bradley oh, we gotta out talk there about one with um it's people are, i got on well you know we'll get into that in a second <laughs> But anyways, Golf Ride uh, supports us here at Fully Equipped. And if you are looking for new grips, it's, you know, summer's heating up. If you want all the traction you can possibly get, you can find that with a grip like the MCC. You could find it with the uh, the Z-Cord or Z-Cord, as Canadians would say, uh, or Z-Grip. You can have those those all that traction with with a performance grip. Or if you're looking for comfort, there are options like the CPX and the CP2, which gives you everything that you're going to need as far as vibration dampening, giving you something that, you know, if you are getting vibration in your hands or you're looking for something that's going to take a little bit of impact sting away when you do happen to miss it, you have that opportunity to, to practice longer. When you practice longer, you play better. And when you do have the right grip, studies have proven that you're going to hit it further as well because if you're gripping the golf club the same way every time and you're gripping it confidently, you're going to make more confident swings. You're going to swing it faster and you're going to pick up that distance too. Uh, Golf Pride is the number one grip here at the U.S. Open. And if you're looking to try either one of the grips that I talked about or a number of their whole selection, and we you know we talked about putters here, they have a huge selection of putter grips as well. You can go to golfpride.com and use the code fully equipped. That is F-U-L-L-Y-E-Q-U-I-P-P-E-D for uh, free shipping on your next order. And there is no minimum order. So if you just want to try a couple different grips, you can use that code and uh, you can take advantage of there. And so again, thanks to Golf Pride for uh for supporting us and if you want to help that you can support them too it's a great segue from scotty into another grip topic yeah you found you found something new rb something new from golf pride in people in keegan bradley's bag people were um were jumping on me on social media saying oh, i like, saw them and i was like call them out they well they 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 said that you know it looks like the the super tag it looks like the tour only super tag and i talked to the golf pride rep <laughs> he was here or one of somebody from golf Pride. i don't know if he's like the the day-to-day rep all the time um, but i said so i heard you guys got someone someone little birdie through the wire said you guys got a new grip out here and someone's playing it um, now there was the assumption that it was uh cam smith it went over talked to the titleist guys he actually had his clubs in the van, took some pictures of those. He's got some new black T100s in the bag, which is pretty cool. We haven't seen that yet. Um, but he's like, yeah, we got um, we got something. If you find it, there is, they are in a player's bag. And then um, Rob, who I know you talked to a couple weeks ago from, from Strixon, he had just picked up uh, Keegan's bag. I don't know if he was – they really don't have a locker space or he was just going to put in the truck or do some lies and loss or anything like that. And I said, can I take a, can I take a picture of the, the grips? And he's like, yes. Yeah. So I pulled them out. They look very similar to the SuperTac. So I would say that from a molding perspective, they are very similar. But as Rob said, he goes, these things are unbelievably tacky. You get them wet, they get stickier. And it's, I, I you know, I had the chance to like hold one and it is similar to the firmness of a, of a, 
a standard kind of like super tack or a tour velvet but there is just this like sticky nature to it from a texture perspective or like the, the finishing perspective, I think is probably the best way to describe it. Uh, and you can check again, you can check that out on uh, fully equipped the on our social handle on Instagram. I did post that and share, like we kind of collaborated on a post for that. So I think it is interesting to see, like again, I think he's probably had them for a few weeks. Doesn't mean that he's like, it's, it's a big thing that people are gonna notice, but Grip changes when you, you know, we just talked about it in the ad read, not to bring it back to that, but when you have something that feels good and you're confident in it, you're going to, you're going to play well. And I think, you know, some players, they just like switching grips. I, I'm someone who kind of tinkers a little bit and I generally go back to the same one all the time, but for someone like Keegan to do that and try it out, I think it's, it's kind of neat. So that is one of, you know, a number of things that we spotted out here this week. And I, I mean, I could go, I could run down the whole list of things that, that I've got, uh, kind of in the, in the in my notes app on my phone as I walk around and I go, Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. I'll just write that down. Uh, so there's lots, there's a lot of other things, but yeah, small little things, but you know, small tweaks to very good players make a big difference. And I think, you know, you can downplay it a little bit, but there is some interesting stuff going on out here. Yeah. I wonder if that grip is going to eventually make its way to retail. It's a good question. I mean, I think, I think it is very similar to the super tack, like, but I just I believe there's there's a surface difference to it to make it even even stickier. That's what Rob said because these things are so sticky. Um, so I, I told you it, that's I, I need some of those in my life. I love a super tacky grip. I mean, was, I always end up having to just I mean I still use Golf Pride Tour velvets on my on my clubs. I could go to something tackier if I wanted to, but I usually just use a towel and just well, kind of keep it to, as, as tacky to as speak, I can. To speak to the like the longevity of some of these these older grips, um, I did po- I did a little post and wrote about um, Adam Hadwin was on the range and there's a number of players yes. out here that were testing them. Let's with talk about some, this one. Some of the old persimmon, and like I found out talked to these USGA and I was like, where do these clubs come from? Do you guys have them? Like from like was it just something you had? And he goes, to be honest, we we try our best to to work with the membership of the clubs, our host clubs that we we go to for these events. We want to work with them, and it's fun to like interact and and like get the players involved in a lot of stuff. So I went over to Player Services and just kind of asked where these clubs came from. And he goes, actually, to be honest, they just came from all the members. Like it's nothing. We don't have like this this stockpile of old That's persimmon cool. clubs. It was just like. We asked the members, they had a bunch, and now, don't get me wrong, I walked into player services, and there were some really ugly golf clubs sitting in there. Like, there was a Hammer X sitting in there, there was some other stuff sitting in this pile that they, like, obviously Hammer didn't. Hammer X at LACC. Not kidding. I saw Sacrilegious. It I don't know if it belonged to a member or not, or someone had it, or maybe they just thought it was funny, but it was uh, it was sitting in the corner with a couple of the other old clubs and stuff. I saw some old Pingwoods in there, which are a laminate. But there were some pretty beat-up persimmon ones, but there was this particular McGregor that a lot of players were hitting, and... It had a it had a uh, ribbed Golf Pride Tour wrap, which they do not make anymore. And this thing was in great shape. And grips probably you know it's probably last time it was gripped it was probably in the early '90s. So you can you can you can put uh, put some money on the fact that this thing is pretty durable. So uh, that was kind of fun to see because you just that is a grip that you just don't find anymore. Kind of like the victory uh, victory cord grips that like Keith Mitchell used, and I think there's a couple other players that use them still as well. But it was it was cool to watch them play and if, if you're curious what it means to a pga tour player when it comes to the uh like ball speed and things like that again you can check out the post but talking 10 miles an hour ball speed way and like just so much more forgiveness in the ball fight it's crazy to see the ball fight and have it like one goes out and kind of you know it, it wants to move you can just see it because it's spinning a little more and then you get the you get the, the big driver out the modern driver it goes a little higher well quite a bit higher not as much spin and just carry so much further. It's unbelievable. So 
they, they were joking like you know oh this might be perfect on one of those uh one of those long par threes this week but that is uh i'll be the first second firm there's there's no chance in hell it's happening <laughs> the caddies were having a good laugh but it's not happening <laughs> that was fun to watch him hit those but yeah it just further confirms there was another Persimmon, player uh, in in you know today's tech they're they're not even and if you watch Hadwin, like Hadwin's got a pretty good, like a smooth action. It's not super oh, violent, and he's it. got he's got great. Like he's he's not he's not slow, but he's not like he's not into the one twenties as far as club speed is concerned. But uh, there was Ryan Gerard was was uh, hitting it, and he's a, he's a younger guy as well, quicker. Let me tell you, the first one he hit, he gave it his like normal driver tempo. This thing went squirrely, <laughs> very squirrely, very fast. And it just—it's amazing to see, even with the modern golf ball, how much the thing will move when you miss hit a shot like that. And he just kind of shook his head and then hit another one, and it was—it was pretty funny to see that. But those old steel shafts that are way way whippier than like the the modern day graphite is—it's interesting to watch those players time it up. So, yeah, yeah, I, and it was good to see Hadwin out there. Uh, you know, I wasn't sure if he was going to be a WD after getting <laughs> <laughs> he, he got he got blasted. By the security guard, it's it's such a great. It was cool, and we didn't even talk about this. RB, you were on a you were on a plane. I'm watching. <laughs> yeah. I'm watching the playoff, and I thought, oh my gosh, he's gonna miss seeing this this eagle bomb. I missed from it Nick all. Taylor, such a cool moment, and yeah, in like right after it happened, the cameras were on were on Nick and his caddy, and his caddy all of a sudden like. But it freaks out like they're they're embracing and then he turns around and I, and I was like what what's this caddy no. about and then yeah then you're like oh it's because Adam Hadwin's there popping champagne and then he gets he gets laid out by the security guard that's My gonna question. be a cool moment though like to see to see one of your countrymen win to win your national open. I've seen it close a couple times, like in modern, like my not being there. Actually, I was I was there when when Mike Weir lost to VJ Singh at Glen Abbey, running back and forth. So if you're not there, those the 17 and 18 are parallel holes, like a, like a lot of courses. Just for like, and Glen Abbey was or is designed to be like a spectator golf course. It was Jack Nick's first design, and so like I'm running back and forth. My dad we're like trying to see and trying to see, and he, and you know VJ lost, and he said when he won, like there's there's no one I. I I wanted to lose two more today than Mike, but BJ was on a heater that year. Um, David Hearn was close a few years ago, and then um, I'm trying to think of the other one. Like again, Weir was the big one, and ha- I mean, I think even Haddon was close a couple of years ago. But to to see it, it was it was really cool. And you know, I kind of I I make the joking comparison, but you know, Mike Weir winning the Masters was the probably the biggest deal in Canadian golf. And you see this, this like flow of Canadians who have won. There's four Canadians who have now won on the PJ tour this year. And to, for Nick to win this, I'm not saying, I'm not comparing it to like winning the Masters. And by no means is that like, it's a, still it's a, a big freaking deal. But man. It's a huge deal to be able to break that drought and say that you, you won your, your national open. And it was, it's kind of similar to, I, I actually thought back to when Shane Lowry won the Irish open against, I always remember this because I like randomly sat down in front of my TV one morning and watched, Oh, it's in a playoff, you know, coffee golf, a European tour the sat best. down and I'm like, Oh, they're like, they're going to a playoff. And Oh, it's, that's an amateur. No idea who this guy is. Sunday out Sunday morning, just like get up and turn it on. Didn't get, didn't get into any of the like preamble to like the Sunday and it's raining. And, Amateur is playing as Robert Rock. That amateur is Shane Lowry. They go, I think it was three or four playoff holes, and he won his national open as an amateur 
the Irish Open, and people are just losing their minds. So that must be so cool for that kid. And then, of course, the uh, he wins it when it goes back to Portrush as well. So to think of like what that what that means, and you know, he said he partied pretty hard. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't would. think Nick. I don't think Nick went that hard, uh, knowing that the U.S. Open was the next. He doesn't week. strike me as the kind of guy that's going to go deep like Shane Lowry. But uh, it was night. it was very cool to see. Uh, but like you, you said, I was on a plane. I was like reset, like um, refreshing all the, all my phone. Weeks, refresh, man. refresh, refresh, refresh. Just waiting to see like what was going on. But by the fifteenth hole, like plane took off, and I thought, okay, well, I guess I'll find out in five hours. Um, landed, and the funny thing was. The first thing I did was I opened up Twitter. And I was waiting for PJ Tour like to load. And I was like, I'll go to Twitter and like see the reaction. Whatever the rea- I want to see the reaction before I even see the thing. And trending above Nick Taylor was Adam Hadwin. I was like, Adam finished. Like he didn't win. What is this? Like why is Adam Hadwin of all people trending? Like considering he was he wouldn't have been in like a playoff. He was down for the all the right reasons, baby. And then I then I go back to like I started looking at the feed, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that was insane. And like the best, I think the best response was the NFL actually had a couple of their players talking about, man, that, that was, was textbook. Beautiful. He's gonna be like, he's gonna be a first round pick. All this like kind of joking Chef's stuff, which I, which I thought was really funny. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was it was it, again. It was just it was really cool to see, and I think having it in the city and having like a lot of fans. And I think what was interesting is if you look at the demographic of fans that were there, it was a lot of like, I would say like a lot of tournaments, not the like most golf fan. It was sports fans who were there. And I, and shout out to Mark Sacchino, who's a Canadian broadcaster who works for TSN. He was the one I saw him actually in the, the media dining yesterday. And I said, what a call, man. He's the guy who, <laughs> where they, they overlaid the audio of like, he breaks the streak. He did it, and it's like it was so good, and it's just so authentic, and like that was his reaction, and I think a lot of people felt that same way. And it's cool that he was the one who was able to do the call. Um, all right, two more you, gear changes. I was gonna say, do you want to do a rundown? Because we got we got a, I know we got a little notes yeah, page going I, I here. Yeah, I will. We'll save the we'll save the rundown for 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 golf.com. You've you've got that coming. I want to tease that. So if anybody wants to get the full rundown, Arby has it. Go check out golf.com. He's going to probably finish penning his piece after we we hit stop on this week's pod. Uh, the other two that I wanted to point out, Dustin Johnson testing TaylorMade Sim. That was a cool one. I don't know if he's going to put it in the, in the bag because I did say he has stealth too, but it, it did make me wonder, even though he's, he was testing the original Sim. I mean, that driver, we've talked about it before. It's one of those um, like the like the M2 that for whatever reason, these, these drivers just hang around anytime a fitter. I mean, if Chris was on here, he would agree. Anytime you see a guy with some of these drivers, you're just like, shit. All right. Well, yeah. we're probably not going to beat your <laughs> gamer. Um, we'll try, but we're, I mean, the numbers, you're probably not going to get any real measurable improvements that would make you want to switch. But yeah, that, that driver, that change. So I did ask Gene, cause I'm sure people are wondering like, okay, what makes that driver so good? And, you know, it was, it was a great, I felt like it was a great profile. The, the driver just went. And so I looked at the numbers and they're actually pretty similar. So original SIM 10.5 head launched at 12.6, kind of higher launch with uh, just under 2,700 RPMs of spin. And the Stealth 2, so kind of trying to do an apples to apples here, also ran the 10.5 head. That one launched at 10.4. 
So a full two degrees lower launching with almost the exact same spin, just a little over 2,700. So um, it's, I, it's I, an know, interesting like way to look at like the comparison. Cause like obviously the MOI is a lot higher in the, in the stealth. Yes. Um, but there, the, the pro, what makes it so interesting and, and you've mentioned it there is like the profile of that driver is very shallow. It is very shallow. So to, yep. to have a driver that is that shallow and pretty low spinning. So you get this combination of higher launch and lower spin for players that are, and it's, I think the other thing too, which is what we've alluded to before, is that driver was was very left to right bias or fade bias, and DJ's a you know he hits a cut. The man likes to cut the golf ball, so that's that, his go-to. I think there's a lot like of, a lot of players on tour. Yeah, so I think there's a there's a there's a there's a bias towards the ball flight, and I, and when working with the reps, I mean he only honestly like he did he only hit it five or six times. I just happened to be there to snap that picture, and I think that. He's probably going to, like you said, if you if you look at like what he played in the practice round yesterday, he went to the stealth too. So it's probably not going to be be switching. But it's it's always curious to see why and wonder why. I mean, I watched I walked with Rom and Sergio and uh, Simmons, I believe, is is the other qualifier uh, on Monday. And the one thing that was was kind of funny was on the on the seventh hole, which is the par three, the long par three. It was a little into the breeze. It's a, it's a, again, it's, we're getting close to 300 yards here, but it's firm. And Rom hit a fairywood, and then Sergio hit a fairywood, and they looked at his caddy, and he went right to the bag and pulled out another fairywood head, screwed it on, not not like didn't adjust his own like the one that he had on there, just completely put on a new head and hit the same shot again. And I think they're like, oh, well, maybe we'll go with this head instead. And I just, I think they were both threewood heads. I, I, I don't know if there was like a stat like a static loft difference on them, but. It was just—it was kind of funny to see how you no, know, eh, you know what? We need a little bit different gapping here, and just, just threw a different club in the bag. I would like the USGA to CT test that original sim head. <laughs> you know, DJ doesn't have to worry about that anymore out on on a live. You know, randomly they would they would CT test the the gamer driver, but just just to see. I wonder I wonder if it's one that he's had for a while or if it's a fresh head. Yeah. Would it pass the test? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think the I think one of the things about that head is because it is shallower. There's the face is technically smaller, so I mean you're not going to get as much. That doesn't mean you're not going to get as much ball speed out of it. Although we have seen test results that have shown that like the new the the carbon face drivers are faster. Um, the the I don't know. I just think the way that they've designed those faces. Remember those the old sim the original sim had the the little face ports still as well, which I think is really funny. We look back right, now because they, like, they were inje- they were injecting. They were injecting the faces to to get it. You know, they went uh, oh, basically over the legal limit, and then they use they use the injection to help dial it back. Yeah, to get it to just hit the number so that that it's it was basically as as close to it was okay yeah, close as close to being illegal as you could get with still yeah. being legal. Watching our wording. <laughs> I know, I know, I, I fumbled over that one. Anyway, it was no cool worries. to see it with, with that one. Uh, the other one, Jason Day, even when Tiger Woods is not in the field at a major championship, he is still a story. You got Jay the dates and I got the picks. Yeah, so Jay Day has, and it's so funny because I, I slacked RB and I'm like, hey man, can you can you get some Jay Day? He's like, I, I got some. And I was like, I'll just send him along. Well, I would, except I'm standing 20 feet from him so I can get some fresh fresh photos right now, which I absolutely love. That's the best part of about being on site. I was standing right behind him when you messaged me, and I thought, yeah. oh, well, it's yeah. like they're just clean. He just started hitting. I'll go get them right now. Yeah, 
it was it was so funny how that all worked out. And so so Jason Day is going from TaylorMade's P7 MC irons into the P7 TWs that that Tiger Woods helped design. And it's it's a really simple change. It, it, it's curious because he's changing irons the the week of a major to a brand new set. And this is a five through pitch set, as as I could see in the photos that RB sent along. But the main reason why he's he's making this change is he just felt like these irons were coming out a bit on the lower side, and when they were coming out a bit on the lower side, they were also coming with with less spin. And as as we know from having tested the P7TWs on the robot, and then also just doing our own testing with them, those things spin. And that's what Tiger Woods loves. If you look at his his overall setup, until he switched to the the Bridgestone Tour B X from the XS, you know, he liked playing that XS golf ball because he wanted to be able to work it. And more spin is going to allow you to work the ball. So that's something that he's always wanted. He's he's typically played weaker lofts than a lot of other other pros. And that just is it's one of those, as I've called it before, it's one of his old school tendencies. Yeah, and, he, he's like really yeah. creates a lot of forward shaffling. So he's his he delivered dynamic loft is very low. Yep. Uh, and I mean, Jason Day, if you watch him, he, he's fairly similar at impact. Kind of similar, same, yeah. Yeah, not the same golf swing, but yeah, similar as, as far as like impact position is concerned. So yep. that's uh, that's kind of I I feel like that that pl- does play a little bit into that. But you yeah. you talked about more so like the spin for him is what he's looking for, especially this week. Yeah, exactly. He he's he's wanting spin. And look, if there's going to be a week where you want to make sure you have enough spin with your irons, it's going to be the week of a U.S. Open because they're going to make sure that the greens, even if even if RB was talking about the rough isn't a, a uniform length, it's it's patchy, you might get a, a better lie. The one area where they can, they can attempt to keep things on the difficult side is with the greens. So, you know, they're going to be firm, they're, they're going to be fast, and you need something that's going to be able to stop. So, in in one sense, it seems a little curious that Jason Day would make an iron change the week of the major, but at the same time, when you think about the setup that he's going to be facing this week, it makes more sense. He's he's just looking for more spin. And I think too, from a from a profile perspective, he's not changing shafts, he's not changing grips, he's not changing lies and loss per like Correct. per se. Um, might like loft might be slightly different on the set, just from a, a relative perspective, but. Once you you gap that into your to your gap wedge and into his uh, his four iron, which I believe is a seven seventy, then he's not he's he's going to get to the range. He's going to get on his, his GC quad and, and like and within probably thirty five minutes, he's going to know exactly how far each one of those golf clubs goes on like a level shot. So I don't think that there's not a lot. It's not like he went from a like the blade to one of he didn't go from blade to p790 here is what i'm trying to say he, he went right. from a, a, a slightly different forged iron profile so i think for him it's going to be i mean he's, he's playing pretty good um so i think in watching one of the range he's hitting it well so it is the, it's these little tweaks when we talk about the majors and we talk about what players are looking for though as as uh, aaron dill said you know like they're they're just looking for little ways to get that advantage when it comes to like tweaking things out i know uh I, I posted on my Instagram that uh, Justin Thomas had, has, was working with a couple of new wedges just for balance, but same lofts and everything. Uh, but the, you know, you know, actually, you know, who's getting a lot of new gear, and this is a kind of fun one. And I, and I can imagine how these players feel is a lot of the qualifiers. 
That's what Aaron Dillon was telling me. He goes, this is a big week for qualifiers. You want to get got, some new You got to do it. Edges. You're, He's like, you're getting access to free stuff. This. They've never had the access to this before. Yep. A lot of them are playing not old equipment, but it's not like they're, they have access all the time to just like go into a van and, and ask for, Hey, I really like this, this 56 F. Can I get another 56 F? And they're, they're happy to oblige, to be honest. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're playing in their, in the U S open. <laughs> you want some fresh wedges. They're going to be, they're going to cook you up some fresh wedges. Um, so that was kind of funny. Cause I walked in yesterday to the, the Titleist truck and there was a plethora of orders that were just sitting there waiting to go out and it's there weren't spec changes it was just like here's some fresh wedges some cool stamping from Arendelle and I could I totally respect that look, it's a cool look, way to, to players are going to be junkies right yeah why would you not do it right yeah yeah if, if you're getting access to AD the week of a major you have to get a set of fresh wedges even if you're not going to throw them in the bag yeah you, you got you got to get as much free stuff as you possibly can <laughs> you're looking for swag everyone wants a little swag <laughs> I did. I mean, I didn't do that much damage in the merch tent, but you know, I got a few little things because it's fun to have that stuff. And like, even even like the little little media credential that we have, like, this actually marks my my first year, like first year at golf.com. Um, yep. Was this event last year? Basically, um, we showed up in Boston and like got to be on the grounds and everything, and see it and see how the work and meet the team and everything, and it's uh it's cool like you know i sometimes we take it for granted but like i, I kind of made the joke on twitter the other day like i had jimmy robertson behind me like i watched jimmy roberts on tv like five years ago i'm watching jimmy roberts on tv and he's like on the phone behind me and i'm like i'm not gonna say hi or anything i think he's just he's just working away but like why am i here i'm just a guy who puts putter grips on and like you know nerds out on like 90s gear <laughs> like why do now, i now you're a proper media member rb oh yeah yeah big i'm big big J journalist now at this point that's so. right it's, it's, uh, it's fun to be here. It's fun to see it. And it's, it's fun to have everything in one place. Shout out to the USGA. They do a, like an unbelievable job as far as, as making our jobs easy. Like to be, that's, yeah. that's the one thing that's really helpful. We're really, we're really close to the range, uh, with great access to all that stuff. And, uh, it's, it's very helpful too. So the other, other one that I did want to quickly touch on, you took some photos of one of Hideki's putters. Oh my goodness! His collection. We in in Scotty. Scotty said it before that Hideki has the best Cameron collection around. But the photo of that one that you took that that thing is uh, a handcrafted Cameron putter. It is just so dirty. Oh my gosh! And I've seen some ones recently. I took a photo of of just a, a standard Newport two that he had at the Byron Nelson, it just, it's like he, he just pops up with all of these putters. I just wonder if he does it now just to, just to get a rise out of the, the, the gear guys, the gear scribes who do take the time to go out on tour. <laughs> well, there's, there's a couple things. If you do go check this, this putter out, um, they, they filled the bullet sole. So the bullet sole is this channel that they put on the sole of the, of the putter and they do it on a select number of blade putters. Nothing like a Newport or Newport two, because the, the flange is very thin. But they do it on this putter, and what they actually did was they sent it back, and, and Scotty Cameron filled it in with epoxy just for a little extra weight, sound, and feel to, to tweak this this putter blade. And so that, that was going to make the cut. It's never going to make the cut. Yeah, but for like, it's just for Hideki to fool around with. And I think it's just it's so funny. Um, you know, I I joke like usually when I want, you know, I'll get like one like post in of like Hideki's doing something like this week. It's insane, but like. I think you got like I have a tremendous amount of respect. I wouldn't. It's, I'm not making. I'm never making fun. Like I, I do believe it's so much. It's so cool because he is so like into equipment, and 
he's so precise about what he wants. Like he has his own builder out here on tour. Every time he showed up to the putting green, he's got like three guys with him. He's got his caddy. He's got a couple other people with him. His builder's there and they're just talking equipment. And the Scotty Cameron guys were out there today, you know, bringing the putter to him. It's, we like gearheads and he's like the epic gearhead. He is is, is our king, RB. Yeah, Hideki is is our our king of gearheads. And the cool thing is, and I, you know, we are recording a little early here on the, on the Wednesday morning. Um, I know that probably almost an hour ago, he, he, uh, he just went off and played with, uh, I would say the, the, the prince of, of Japanese gearheads and that is Ryo Ishikawa. So I saw Ryo's bag yesterday. He has the Mira forged Callaway blades in the bag. Still, he's got wedges with like extreme grinds on them. Like very like very very extreme c grinds um he's got some cool gear and he got he has like all the cool like japanese stuff that like they don't really do over here for the the players on on tour the Callaway guys but um rio i think as far as japanese golf is concerned with the japanese golf tour and he came over here and he's he was obviously decided to go back uh and play on the japan tour but they they're so into equipment and it's like the one place that I want to go as far as like golf equipment is concerned. Not only because they obviously like really like sim golf and stuff, but like he he is a big big deal in that market. And it's kind of like the same thing. And I, I use the reference of like if you were if you were anyone in Canada in the early two thousands when Weir won, like that was the biggest deal was like Mike Weir is playing tournament and all those things. And because he's you know big name, he's your like he is your nationality, and like he's a huge name in Japan. Just. I would not as Tadeki because Tadeki also won the Masters, uh, but I think like man, he's just got such cool gear, and he like they take care of him when he comes over here. He's got all kinds of stuff with him, but uh, he's he's fun to watch, and they're playing together today. So that was that was kind of the roundabout way of saying. I know they were teeing off around eight thirty this morning. I thought, oh man, I just want to watch these two go out and play, and like because I guarantee at some point someone's gonna look in the other guy's bag and go, oh, "That's kind of cool." <laughs> it's just bound to happen. Oh, it's gonna it's definitely gonna happen. All right. Well, if you want to read more about there, there was more gear news, but like I said, let's just tease it, save it for golf.com. Arby's going to have his, his rundown on the, it's going to be in everything you need to know as far as from big to small tweaks. It's going to be there. Yep. And there was a lot more. If you want to get a little bit of a peek at maybe some of those topics, go check out the social media handles. The big one would be at fully, fully equipped golf on Instagram. I think that'll do it. Let's wrap it, man. That's episode 194 of Fully Equipped. We're getting close to 200. Stop, dude. I'm getting nervous because I got to figure out what the hell we're doing for, for 200. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're laughing. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous inside. I got I to gotta at least make it somewhat worthwhile for, for episode 200. As I mentioned, we, for 100, we had, uh, we had Al Scooper on, which was amazing. Anyway, that'll do it. If you want this social goodness... And if you also want, we're going to, I'll just tease it. Callaway's giving us some free swag to give away. We're going to do that on the Instagram handle at Golf, And we'll also put it on the, the Twitter handle as well, at Fully Underscore Equipped. I think Strixon is going to be uh, giving us one of their US Open stand bags as well that we're going to be giving away over on the social handle. So check that out. But that'll do it. Thanks all for listening. Happy US Open Week.